Hi, Green Junkie. It's Stephanie Moram. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Judith Lam Tang, who is an environmental blogger and activist. Judith became interested in green living after her sister was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very young age. Learning about toxic chemicals, how toxic chemicals can contribute to cancer-related health issues, spurred lifestyle changes and research that accelerated when she had her baby. She started the Juicy Green Mom blog to share information about her journey to living a more toxin-free lifestyle. As she learned about the different effects of things like plastic on her health, she also began to dive deeper into environmental issues. Although she still writes about green living and more sustainable lifestyles, she has more recently started to shift her focus to climate justice issues and the greater system changes that need to happen for us to combat the climate crisis. You can head over to my Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Morham to follow along. If you want to reduce waste and learn to consume less in just five days, you can binge my complimentary audio series. The links are all in the description. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast. That way you will never miss another Green Living episode. Hi, Judith. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Stephanie. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And I just want to add that Judith is a fellow Canadian. (laughs) So thank you for being here. (laughs) I like to like get different voices on the podcast. So I'm super excited that you're here. And so I love that you kind of um, dive deeper into climate justice issues. I don't think I've talked about it enough on my podcast. Um, So we're going to be talking about like biodiversity and, you know, climate change and climate crisis. So the first question I have for you is what is biodiversity? Because I'm sure some people hear that word and they're like, okay, it's like a fancy word that goes along with climate change, perhaps, but what does it actually mean? So could you explain what that means? Yeah. So biodiversity really refers to the variety of living species. So that includes everything like plants and animals, bacteria, fungi, like everything tiny to everything huge that lives on earth. Um, and it refers to the the variety. So diversity is in the name, um, the diversity of species that exist on earth. And so in relation to climate change, Mm -hmm. why is biodiversity important for us? Why is it important for what's going on in the world right now? Yeah. So the United Nations Biodiversity Chief, um, I think she said it best. She said biodiversity is the foundation of life. Without it, there is no life. Right. Um, And so um, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, uh, released a report in 2019 um, that said that Uh, about a million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction, which is the highest it's ever been in human history. So what this is telling us is that the diversity of our living things is decreasing at an astronomical pace, um, which is really contributing and also a factor that, you know, is a result of climate change. And, you know, you're talking about extinction, right? Like how many more animals now that you see, you know, you know, scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or wherever I'm scrolling, I see like more and more animals are now becoming 
endangered. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the World Wildlife Fund, yeah, it is. Um, I think the World Wildlife Fund said that about three quarters of land-based species and about two-thirds of ocean species um, have already been significantly altered. So that's, it is pretty scary. It's, um, and if you think about it, that's really supporting all life on earth and our life as humans. So our survival really depends on biodiversity. And like, it's not funny, haha, but like whenever I think of like extinction, I think of like when I watch like Ice Age <laughs> and I think yeah. of all these, like I think of all like the mammoth and all those gorgeous animals that are now extinct. And like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, that'll like, you know, that'll never happen to us. Like all these animals are still going to be here. And now we're living in an era that our grandchildren, if we choose to have children, of course, if we have grandchildren, we'll there's a good chance they're not going to see some of the animals or living creatures that we have witnessed in our lifetime, which is like so bizarre to me. Yeah, it is. It's pretty mind boggling. I'm like, I would have loved to have seen a mammoth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, And all those cool animals in ice age, but it just, it's like, it's just so weird to me to like be in an era where, wow, in X amount of years, such and such an animal might no longer exist. Yeah, which is weird. exactly. Like, which is so weird. So on the topic of biodiversity, how do we increase biodiversity in our own backyards? Like, what can we do, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to biodiversity in our own yards, in our own home to combat the climate crisis? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, we need to do better as as countries, as nations, um, to protect wildlife and to, you know, conservation is a really important part of it. But as individual citizens, we can also, you know, do what we can with the spaces that we have in our own backyards. And so I've been a volunteer a butterfly way ranger with the David Suzuki Foundation for a couple of years um, with the, what they call the Butterfly Way Project. And that's really focused on teaching people across Canada um, how to grow pollinator-friendly gardens in their yards, in their schoolyards, or their city boulevards, because those are all places that have the potential to, um, you know, contribute to biodiversity and often our yards are just green grass and things like that. So we're really looking to try to change people's perceptions about what yards can look like and how we can support things like pollinators and microorganisms. And so what do you suggest that people do? So for me, we don't love to cut the grass anyway. So it like works out. It's like a win-win for us. (laughs) Like our grass is kind of all over the place, but when we go for walks and we see like the perfect grass, I'm like, it's pretty, but like, I don't see any squirrels hanging out near your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I don't see any like, but so last year, what we did was our whole, our backyard, we don't have a huge backyard, but we have a pool and the space in our backyard, it's either some concrete. Cause that's where we sit then the pool. And then there's all this like green space, but we don't really use it. Cause my kids aren't playing on that green space. So we transformed mm-hmm. our whole backyard last year into a big garden. Like beautiful huge garden. And so it's just, it was at the end of, it was at the beginning of the fall. So we're going to enjoy it next year, but it was just, they just, just dug up everything and put 
so many flowers. And then we put a bunch in the front and then we just planted clover actually. And so is it going to look as pretty as maybe our neighbor who's probably going to be annoyed that the clover goes to their side of the house? No, maybe not. (laughs) But I'm inviting the bees and like the squirrels, you know, and the rabbits are going to come around and there's just going to be more life versus just this like green grass. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. Just like, you know, you see the absence of pollinators and insects in Mm -hmm. those really perfectly manicured yards. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that the bee population has been declining. I mean, I'm sure you could do a whole other episode on that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bees are so essential to, um, to our existence because so much of our food um, depends on pollinators. So um, yeah, the Butterfly Way project really emphasizes planting a variety of plants in your yard, um, especially pollinator-friendly native plants. So plants that are native to your area. And what's really wonderful about it is that, especially with, you know, the changes in weather and climate that we've been seeing because of climate change, those native plants actually adapt so much better than you know, the kind of annuals that you might buy from a big box store Mm -hmm. um, and put in every year. So we've had some really crazy um, heat waves and droughts here in Edmonton. And you see everybody's perfectly green lawns dying off because (laughs) they can't, you know, and and it uses so much water too to keep watering them. But yes, my clover lawn and um, my native plant garden did so well. I didn't water it at all, pretty much the entire spring and summer. And they still, they still do really well. So yeah, pollinator friendly native plants is kind of the emphasis. And Um, You know, we talk about also planting a variety of plants, again, to increase biodiversity, but also to make sure that there's food for pollinators throughout the season. So, you know, flowers will bloom at different times. So we make sure that we plant flowers that will bloom throughout the season. Yeah. And I also remember seeing, again, on social media, how a lot of people were making their front yards like really big, nice gardens, whether it was food gardens or flower gardens. And I love that idea because Mm -hmm. like you said, at the very beginning of the episode, it's to change our mind around like what a lawn should look like or what our land should look like. And it's a lot of people don't put a guard, like they'll put maybe a couple of flowers, but you don't really ever see anymore, like a full front house, just a complete garden. Yeah, exactly. Like vegetables and flowers. So I think it's to change people's mind, be like, hey, there's no one way to do this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You can change it up. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I mean, the whole concept of lawns also was really imported here. Um, Like the green grass that people Hmm. usually grow is not native to our area at all. Um, That's why it requires so much maintenance. So um, it's kind of a win-win because you'll spend a lot less time maintaining once you, you know, start planting more native plants. And then, yeah, you'll be contributing to to biodiversity. You'll see lots more living things. We see lots more butterflies and bees in our yard, which is really cool. And I remember, again, on social media, I was in a Facebook group. I don't remember where it was. And it was um, somewhere in Montreal. And 
there were some members complaining about people's lawns. Like, you need to take care of your lawn. It's so ugly. Everyone's grass should be green and perfect. And then there was like half the people going, um, no, not a good idea. (laughs) Uh, How about we don't do that? And just also educating people that the green, the perfect green grass, like you said, is like, it looks pretty, but you're not inviting anything on your grass, but maybe that's their point. Maybe they don't want any rabbits on their grass. (laughs) Maybe they don't want anyone eating their grass. I don't know. But for me, I love going for a walk. And I, I'm like, when I walk, I, I just, I'm like a, not a people, like there's not many people, but I just kind of look around and I, I pay attention to what's around me. And I'm like, Hey, I don't remember that house. And I've been walking here for like two years. Right. And I just stare at people's gardens. I'm like, Oh, that's so pretty. And usually it's always the homes that are not, not well-maintained is the wrong word, but that kind of a little bit of overgrowth, they're clover, they've got flowers everywhere and it's not that perfect lawn. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it looks so pretty. Like I think it looks so pretty. Yeah. My front yard is basically a kind of a native plant habitat. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, a lot of people will comment on it and say like, it's so gorgeous. It looks like you're in the middle of a forest right here. I'm like, yeah, you know, we could all do this and just imagine how beautiful it would be. You know, it's, it's a different kind of beauty for sure. Not a, not a perfectly manicured beauty, but um, I like it better. (laughs) And do you like talking about biodiversity, like for plants and stuff, do you suggest people incorporate food plants in with like, let's say like regular plants, like, oh, I'm going to grow some carrots and then I'm going to put flowers around, you know what I mean? Like kind of like Mm -hmm. incorporate it all together or is it better to keep it separate? You can do, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. I think diversity and variation is the key. So um, I know like pretty avid vegetable gardeners will know that, you know, crop rotation and companion planting um, is important. You know, there are flowers and herbs that you can plant with certain vegetables that will help, you know, keep pests away. Like there's so many different things that, you know, there's so much out there that you can learn about. Um, And also, you know, not being really um, worried about having a clean garden. So um, leaf litter and stuff like that is also really important. So a lot of pollinators um, live in leaf litter and hibernate in the winter. So I leave my leaves in the fall. I don't clean them up in the spring until it's really, really warm to make sure that those pollinators are able to have somewhere to live. I'm glad you touched also, on that because I was going to say about the leaves to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. My, my husband was so happy when I was, because we lived in a, we've lived in a condo. Um, we moved to our, our house about two years ago. And I told my husband, yeah, let's not rake up the leaves. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been reading a lot about it, that it's just really best to leave the leaves on the grass. And it like, for the winter, it helps like protect the insects and all that kind of stuff. He was like, okay sign me up. I don't want to (laughs) rake the leaves. And then I see everyone raking their leaves and it's fine. But I would love you to touch on a little bit like why in the fall you should just kind of leave your leaves to like compost and stuff like that. And then also in the spring, why you should wait a little bit longer before kind of cleaning up your garden. You know, like when the snow is gone, people are like, oh, okay, I need to clean up my garden now. I need to like, you know, I need to clean up my grass and everything. Like why you should wait a little bit longer um, before doing that. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, leaves, um, you know, they're, they're wonderful because they, they feed your soil as they break Mm -hmm. down. So it's, you know, feeding your soil. So you get really healthy dirt to grow stuff in. Um, But also um, a lot of pollinators, like especially butterflies, um, their larvae start in leaves. And so it's kind of like those dead leaf piles that are, you know, in your yard <laughs> are kind of like a butterfly nursery, um, which is really cool. And, and, and microbes and worms and all kinds of other microorganisms. So leaf litter is actually very important for those butterflies and moths and other pollinators and microorganisms. Um, the reason that we say to leave them in the spring until it's, I think, I think they usually say like, it's consistently 10 degrees um, outside, 10 degrees Celsius, um, is to make sure that those butterflies and pollinators are able to develop into the next stage of development so that you're not just scooping them up and, and throwing out butterfly larvae, basically. Oh, poor yeah. butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then in the fall, you just want to leave it there because it's going to help um, it's going to help your soil. Yeah. And and, and, and and you're going to save time and you're going to save time. Right. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I love it because pollinators love messy yards and I love not having to do that kind of yard work. So (laughs) it's a win-win for everyone. I think. I know. Like I see my neighbors, they're out in the afternoon. They're like doing their lawn. I'm just sitting here. I'm not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I like my grass being messy because our grass this year was very messy. We didn't really take as much care of it because we knew we were putting clover down. Mm-hmm. But we had like so much random stuff come, like all these like random plants just like appearing out of nowhere. And it's like everyone must walk by and be like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> but you like just people... you can just Sorry, scatter some seeds down there, some wildflower seeds, and see what pops up in the spring. Right. And it's so funny because people walking by are probably like, they're so lazy. They're not taking care of their stuff. And it's like, no, we're actually saving time. And it's not about being lazy. It's that we want to save the bees and the butterflies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think it's so interesting because I'm always learning too, right? You know, I love to live a more sustainable lifestyle and, you know, dive in, you know, I feel like I live a very sustainable lifestyle, but when it comes to like the nature side I feel like I'm lacking sometimes just in like the knowledge. So these kind of conversations that we're having, I find so important because I'm learning a lot too. Like as you're speaking, like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. Like only this year, because I didn't have to know about raking leaves because we didn't have a lawn. (laughs) Right. This year where I was reading up stuff where I saw something again on social media where they're saying, don't rake your leaves, wait until May or something like that. And so I told my husband, he's like, yeah, sure. We can wait till May. I don't care. It's going to save me time. And everyone's raking their leaves and we just kind of left everything. So I love these conversations that I have with, with like the conversation I'm having with you, Judith and other people, because I'm gaining a lot of knowledge too during Mm -hmm. these conversations. And I think they're important conversations because it's great to talk about like, you know, I have a lot of episodes on, you know, lowering your waste when it comes to food and, you know, lowering your waste when it comes like, you know, reduce your plastic consumption. And these are all really important topics, but I love these topics when we veer towards nature and the biodiversity and like climate change and stuff like that. That's a little bit, um, 
heavier, I guess. Yeah. It's not like fluffy is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. So I just wanted to say thank you for being here because this has been a great conversation. Like I said, I've learned a lot oh, I'm <laughs> in so these glad. last like 20 minutes. <laughs> and if you ever want to come on again and talk about bees, you're welcome to come on and talk about bees because I love I'd love bees. to. <laughs> so we can do another episode and we can just talk about bees. And if you want to talk about butterflies, you can talk about butterflies too. <laughs> cool. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So please share this episode with your friends, coworkers, mom, dad, uncles, cousin, anyone you think that might benefit from this conversation. I think it is a, an important conversation to have. So please share it. You can stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And Judith, I would love for you to take a couple of minutes and just share where people can find you on social media. Yeah. So um, my handle is at Juicy Green Mom. Um, I'm usually on Instagram the most, um, also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, And then my blog is juicygreenmom.ca. And I do have some posts specifically about um, biodiversity and how to make your own butterfly way or pollinator friendly garden. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. We'll have everything in the description um, so you can go follow Judith. And if you want to download my complimentary audio series, feel free. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, everything is in the description um, that we've talked about so you can find it there. So thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.